All right, everyone. We are live for another episode of the Blue Crocus Experience. I'm really excited about this one. I've been following Austin here for a little while. He's up to a lot of things. We're going to chat about some of that. But uh, yeah, just super excited about this. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, um, leave a comment. We can see the comments that come through. So if you have questions for Austin as we go through here, um, shoot them over and I'll, I'll put them up on the screen and we'll get to get him to answer. But Austin, welcome aboard. Excited to have you. And uh, I see you're, you're living it up there on the beach. Yeah, yeah. We're out here in Santa Rosa, Florida, having a little family family vacation. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Super been waiting for this for a couple of weeks now. Excited about it. Yeah, man. Super excited as well. So give everyone, uh, you know, a little bit of a feel for who you are. What you do, I know you've got a lot on the go. Maybe hit, touch some points and we'll dig deeper into them as we go. But just give everybody a little bit of a look at who Austin is. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, name's Austin Hires, guys. Um, I, I, I met Lewis through Facebook, and uh, I think he started following me on YouTube first. Yeah. Um, so I run a junk removal business, and it's about six years in now. It's called Let It Go Junk Removal. Um, that was one of my first official businesses that I started. And before that, I was a chef for six years and, um, you know, working as a slave in the kitchen. And I just really, uh, I just was like, I was tired of it. 75 days, 75 hours a, day, a week and like 15 hours a day. Um, it was getting kind of crazy and I wanted more time with the family. So I started the junk removal business and, uh, that ended up taking off and becoming a success. And definitely my main uh, stream of income right now and I have a, a couple of other businesses that I do as well um, obviously I, I do YouTube like I mentioned um, make a little bit of money from that it's not too huge right now but I was teaching people how to start junk removal business and um, rage room business and all that on YouTube so that's how I got started I also uh, as I just mentioned started a rage room recently in the last I think we're about six months in now and uh, Rage Room and Junk Removal, they work together perfectly. You know, the gears grind together perfectly. Um, and, and it's just uh, two businesses to, to run together and they help each other out. Uh, so the Junk Removal provides uh, stuff for the Rage Room to smash. And, and it's just the dumpsters, you know, sit out back and we can load the smashed up stuff into that dumpster. So those are two of the businesses that I have, um, YouTube. And then I also have a small Airbnb on my property, um, which pays my mortgage. So <laughs> super excited to have that as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's me. I'm just a, I'm a regular old entrepreneur. I'm always trying new things, uh, getting out there, taking big risks, and um, and making stuff happen. You know, I'm a uh, a man of action. And um, basically, I if I, if I get something set in my mind, I just go after it. I chase after it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. We've got J J and J Removal Services jumping in here. How's it going? J and J. Good afternoon, man. Good afternoon. Awesome. So, so you were you were stuck in the grind in in the kitchen. Um, you know, six years ago, you said there. What what made you choose junk removal? What was it about junk removal as opposed to any of the other many ventures that are out there to do? That's a good question. Um, it it was uh it was a, it was a mixture of things. So first of all, um, the biggest thing was my mom owned a estate sale business, and if you guys don't know what that is, it's basically 
Um, you get hired to go in and liquidate the contents of someone's home, whether they're getting a divorce or someone that passed away uh, or there's just downsizing. Uh, several situations that can cause that to happen. But basically you go in, you set this sale up, sell everything out of the house and take a percentage for it. So that's what she did. Um, what got me interested in junk removal was because she needed people in the end to clear everything out of the house, whatever was left, all of the junk and sometimes good stuff. Um, and I started junk removal out for free like that. I was working for her and other estate sale businesses, removing stuff for free. And, uh, and I quit my job for this, um, like I said. And, and basically, I was living off of garage sale money. So I would collect this stuff for you know, two or three weeks, and then I'd have a garage sale every once a month. Yeah. Um, make a couple thousand bucks, and that's that's that was how we were living. Um, I, also, at the time, I was helping my mom set up her estate sale, um, you know, her sales every weekend. So I was making some extra money there as well. And uh, she just kind of got me started and excited about removing stuff. I put up a ad on Craigslist one day about, hey, you know, I do junk removal. I had just bought this little flatbed trailer for maybe fifteen hundred bucks, and I had a, a small truck. And um, somebody, I was, I was still advertising that I was doing it for free and basically trying to live off of that money. Yeah. Um, but yeah. to my surprise, one day I had somebody email me saying, "How much does it cost?" And from there, I was like, "Wow, I can charge for this? I could really like, you know?" And so that's where the the junk removal business really started to grow and really started to profit. Uh, we were, we were removing stuff for, you know, $95, go pick up a whole scrap metal load and then go scrap that load and make some money. And I saw that there was, there was ways to, now I was getting paid to remove it and getting paid to sell the metal. Right. Um, and then if there was good stuff, say we go do another state sale clean out, I started to charge, you know, a hundred, $200 a load started out real cheap, you know, because I, I was just getting into the industry. I never really did much research onto it. Um, and people were just like, yeah, 100 bucks, come clean out the house. I keep what's good, toss in the trash what's bad. Uh, I even used my own um, garbage service at my house at first. I would take large pieces of furniture and just put it out in front of my house. And eventually they, they caught on. They were like, you can't do this crap anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you got to get started somewhere. And that's, that's how I got started. And uh, that's pretty much what made me get into junk removal was, you know, slowly finding out that, oh, I can charge for this. Um, from from moving from doing the estate sale stuff to now just doing any kind of clean out possible and just charging accordingly. And uh, six years later, here we are. Um, the business is bringing in probably, I would say, thirty to forty thousand a month, um, pretty regularly. And we most of that is one truck running. Sometimes we have to run two trucks. Yeah. And uh, we're still not a huge company, a really really small company still. Um, that pays for all the overhead and, and still has some profits in the end. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got started in junk removal. That's awesome. That's a yeah. cool Go ahead. Yeah, that's a that's a cool story because um, you know I wasn't expecting you to say you know you basically quit your job for for working for free you know and that yeah. basically you quit your job as as a uh, you know in the restaurant business to go yard sailing you know to to do garage yeah. sailing, right yeah and and that's that's it man I I had this entrepreneurial mindset. That like there's money to be had everywhere, no matter where you're at. I would I would stop by people's um, like for example, one day I was driving by someone's garbage and they had this uh, portable AC out there. 
I had no idea if it worked or not, but I took my chance, picked it up, brought it home. It worked perfectly fine. I sold it for a hundred bucks. And, um, you know, if you just had that mindset, if you, if you look out for opportunity everywhere and then you just grab that opportunity as soon as you can, um, you can, you can make a lot of money. There's so much money to be had out there. And so like I had that mindset right off the bat that, um, I was not going to fail no matter what. I love that. What did your, uh, were you married at the time? And what did your wife uh, or girlfriend think when you made that leap? Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were actually married um, at the time that I quit and we had, uh, we were just having our second kid. So that was kind of scary as well. Having a second kid, quitting a job that was paying me, it was paying me two fifty a day as a chef, which is pretty good money. Um, but I never got to see them. I, I left early in the morning when they were all sleeping and I came back at night when they were all sleeping. And it was just like, a free, it was horrible. It was yeah. a sad life, man. I, I was, I was depressed to see yeah. the, say the least, you know, and it was, it was the grind. Um, and that's not to say that it's not the grind still, but it, it's the grind that I created. And yeah. um, that's the thing. Like, you know, you can get out there, you can create your own grind and you can, um, you can, just snag these opportunities. I, I definitely every day I, I look out for opportunities, and um, if I if, if it's within grasp, I, I go after it right away. That's awesome, man. So so what did you you kind of avoided the, the question uh, of what your wife? Sorry, wife, yeah. Wife. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I got off track there. Yes. All right. So the wife. Um. Yeah, we were married. We had two kids. Um. She has always been really supportive. Uh. Really supportive in everything I did, but. Um, that being said, it's not that she, she, it's not, she, she still had doubts. She really still had doubts. She expressed those doubts. Um, she had no idea how I planned on turning crap into money and she was, she was worried, you know, but, uh, she knows that I've always provided, um, ever since we you know, were together. I was a chef for six years. So, um, we were together the, the whole six years and, um, so yeah, she was very supportive, but at the same time worried, you know, where's the money going to come from? How are we going to pay these bills? Uh, she's a stay at home mom. So, uh, she's never worked since the day I started dating her. She hasn't had a job and I, and that's the way I wanted it. I wanted it to be, you know, I grew up on like, if, if you're the man of the house, you're the man of the house and you take care of these things. And the wife, um, you know, she takes care of the kids and makes sure that they get raised properly. We homeschool our kids and everything. Yeah, so to answer your question, she was very supportive, but also worried. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I can relate as well. You know, what when uh, when I jumped out, you know, and and uh, had to build my parachute on the way down. Um, you know, my wife, we're, we're in a similar spot actually. You know, my wife, we we say she's the domestic engineer of the household. Um, she handles that. <laughs> you know, her two and a half uh, times jobs. You know, being right. a, being a mom, she's up in the night. She's up. You know, she's full time during the day. It's it's crazy. Um, wow. but yeah, there's definitely that, that challenge when you first start something new, it's like, whoa, like, how's this going to work? Right. Cause you have that consistency, right. uh, before. So that, yeah. that's cool to hear that. Yeah. That, uh, that the fear comes from lack of knowledge where, yeah. where is this going to come from? What am I going to do? And that's where the fear sets in. But, um, the more you learn, um, I, I, I would read books, you know, books really helped me out a lot watching YouTube that helped me out so much. And, and that's why I got started in YouTube as well. It's just like, I was like, man, I see how much just one video uh, gave me knowledge and confidence to go out there and do something. So I was like, I want to provide that same knowledge and confidence to people out there. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. huge. 
that's huge. So you're let, let's fast forward to you know maybe a year or two in. Um, we were talking you know briefly before we jumped on here. I want to talk about some of the the crazy failures. You know some of the stuff that that nearly sunk the ship because that's I think where we learn the most. Um, you yeah. know, and, and most of us can talk about them because we've gone through them. But, but do you have do you have a couple of stories that you can share for people who are listening? Of, you know, people see sure. you now; they see they see things going really well. But there was a time where you know maybe you doubted things, or, or you know, just just share some stories there of how things kind of fell apart. Right. Um, I can. Uh, I, have, I have several stories like that. Uh, so, just just as far as the junk removal goes. Um, and, and I'm still dealing with this right now, actually. Uh, I'm going through a lawsuit with somebody that had completely crushed and destroyed my dumpsters. Okay. And this was right after I actually bought some dumpsters, brand new, 2020. And um, he had crushed them. And we're actually going to court in a couple of weeks for this to settle it because mediation wasn't settled. Um, but, but long story short, uh, you learn that... Um, in business, you need to have these contracts as detailed as possible. My biggest mistake was the contracts. Um, I, I might lose this because my contract was so weak when okay. I first started. When those dumpsters got crushed, my yeah. contract was yeah. so weak, man, uh, that they, they found loophole. They found loopholes here and there and there and here, and um, that that's the biggest uh, biggest like mistake I made in the very beginning was not having a strong contract, not going to a lawyer and saying, hey, how can I make this stronger? How can I cover myself? Um, for example, uh, for anybody that's in in the service industry, uh, you, you want to have in your contracts, I didn't know this at the time, but you want to have in your contracts that if anything goes wrong and you guys end up going to court, that those court fees and those lawyer fees are all paid by this person that you're suing. And I didn't have anything in there that said that so I'm paying all my lawyer fees myself, everything on me, because I never had any clause in there that states that. And that was just like a beginner's mistake that I, uh, I try to tell everybody that's getting started. Make sure your contracts are strong and then just pay a lawyer, you know, pay him a couple hundred bucks to go over your contract and, uh, and make sure that it's, it's good. And he'll give you examples of what you can add in there. And it doesn't have to be lawyer talk. It doesn't have to be all these big words. It can be very simplistic, but make sure it's very detailed as well. Um, so that's like one of the big mistakes, man, that I'm going going through, still going through today. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because it's uh, you know a lot of a lot of people junk removal is a very low overhead uh, startup, right? So you don't it's not you don't have to get into it to the same depth that you would say if you're starting a home remodeling business, you know, with licensing and all of that. Um, right. So it uh, you know that that's interesting. I think. That's that everyone should take into account, you know, make sure, make sure you kind of bounce things off of someone who knows. Um, I, I hope that things go your way because that's uh, that's a tricky yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah, we we think we have everything we need. Um, I may still win, uh, but we're, we're trying to just get the money back for the damages of the dumpsters. Um, I, I financed my dumpsters because, you know, in the beginning, I didn't have $40,000 to put up front for five dumpsters and a trailer. Um, you know, I, I'm, I have that now. I could go out and buy that cash money now. Um, so, and I have insurance on these dumpsters as well. But the insurance has given me issues because of where where they were at, how they were placed, how long they were there. There's so many legalities uh, that I've learned along the way. And so, yeah, that's that's a big thing. Even though you're a small company, make sure your contracts are like a big company. Make sure they are 
detail, make sure they're good, and make sure you have a lawyer look at them. That's like the biggest uh, advice I could give for sure. Yeah, that's a, so, that's a lot of yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so let's see what other uh, other mistakes I've made um, as far as junk removal go. Um, and I have other mistakes like starting up other businesses that just completely failed. I'll get into those. But another one for junk removal that was big for me was uh, was accepting checks. And because checks can easily bounce, and I learned this in the very beginning as well. I'm sure a lot of people ha have had this where you get a check that uh, maybe from you know, a sketchy customer to say the least, and you do the job. Then you then you try to cash that cash that check and you find out that the bank account was not even real wasn't even a, a real bank account or it might have been opened years ago but it wasn't good today yeah and uh, I've lost thousands of dollars that way wow. so I uh, I take card and I take cash I'll take you know cash app or Venmo or any of those things that are instant we know it's good right away um, but we don't accept check anymore unless it's like one of these big companies that are 30 days out 60 days out. That's the only checks we accept because we know, you know, they're a big company. They're going to be, their check better be good, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's one of the other mistakes that I made um, as far as junk removal goes. And, and I've, I've corrected and uh, made sure that it doesn't happen. Again, you know, very easy mistake to fix. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the money. That's, a lot uh, of that's money interesting. Money. And that's a, I see people ask that in the groups. Um, I, I saw one just this morning. Someone was asking about checks and, you get uh, you get everybody jumping in and, and giving their two cents, but uh, yeah, hopefully that you know hopefully that saves some I mean, my dad would yeah. used to always uh, bounce the checks off the table <laughs> when you're uh, you know see if it bounced kind of thing, see if you get a rubber check. Uh, but there's, right. there's no real way to see if the money's if the money's in the bank, right? There's there's literally no real way with a with a check, um, and you know some people might be good for it, but uh, I just decided the route the best route to go is not accept them. Not accept them from a regular residential, um, and, and we just avoid it overall. You know, if they can't pay with card or cash, then the check's no good anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that's the way that's the way I see it. Exactly. Um, so let's see. I, I have. Let's talk about some other businesses. I've uh, I started two more businesses, and um, they completely failed. Um, put me in the hole. You know, thousands of dollars. They were. They were pretty simple startups like junk removal, low overhead, and everything to get started. Um, one of them was pressure washing. Okay. And uh, so that's one of the mistakes I made was I, I spent about $4,000 setting up this badass pressure washing rig. So I don't know if we're allowed to cuss on here. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse my French. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this really cool pressure washing rig, um, you know, that was going to make me a lot of money, right? Yeah. And uh, I started putting the word out there. Um, come to find out like in my area, there's so many people offering pressure washing services on, on Facebook, on Craigslist and pressure washing. One of those things, you know, anybody can get out there and, you know, wave a wand around or push one of those whisper washers and clean your driveway. So they were doing it really, really, really cheap. And I couldn't afford it because I was doing everything legit business licenses, names, insurance, all that. Um, it, it, uh, I lost thousands of dollars to say the least. That's brutal. Um, tried it for about six months and, um, I, I know six months is not a long time, but it was long enough to see that I got no jobs. We got, we got one job and it was from my dad and I did that for free. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 
uh, you know, needless to say, that was that was a mistake that I made. I started a business without researching it. That's that's the mistake. Not that I started the business and tried something, but the mistake was not researching it, not finding out um, what I could charge in my area, not figuring out all the facts right in front of me. Um, so yeah, if you could start a business, you know, figure out all these facts, figure out what what you can do. Um, yeah, figure it out and then and then take action once you see it. You know, don't wait around forever if it looks good, but you know, do a little bit of research, right? Exactly, exactly. I, I was like, oh, pressure washing, I can make bank off this, you know, because uh, I knew the big companies were charging good money, um, yeah. but they were established. You know, they were established for 15, 20 years. That's why mm -hmm. they can charge that. That's why they can get out there and they've got three, four trucks running around. Um, so I looked at some of the small facts and was like, yeah, I can do it too because you know, entrepreneurial stuff comes easy to me, but uh, some stuff is just, you have to research. You got to make sure you're going to be in the, in the right market for it. So that being said, uh, there's another business I started up, which is pretty low overhead. Um, it was a bounce house company. Okay. I went on, was it Moses, Moses Jose. Thank you for the advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Thanks for watching. Yeah, appreciate you being here. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, I, I love your, I love this podcast, man. It's really, it's really cool, really cool what you're doing. You're really, um, yeah, they're just trying to help people, and um, so anyway, I got a little track there. I saw it yeah. pop up. Uh, so yeah, my bounce house business. I got started. I um, bought a bunch of bounce houses. Cost me about eight grand. Uh, bought a trailer, you know, another grand. I bought the business name, a couple hundred bucks, um, got insurance for it, a couple grand, you know, probably ten, twelve thousand dollars in the hole. And uh, this is again, I didn't do a lot of research on it, but I did do more research than the pressure washing business. Uh, the number one mistake I made with this business was um, I didn't realize how labor intensive it was to bring these things to people's houses and and unroll them set them up, the extension cords, the hoses for the ones with water, the, uh, the mats for, the, for the, the ground, the tarp to put underneath it, the stakes to stake it in the ground. Uh, so there was, you know, a good hour set up, you know, maybe 30 minutes would be really good. Um, and then you got to go break these things down. You got to bring towels. You got you to clean it before it gets broken down because you got to drop it off to the next location. So you got to make sure it's cleaned. Um, and when they're wet, they're extremely hard. So you need two people minimum out there breaking these things down. So I didn't, uh, I didn't account for all the labor, and I didn't have excuse the airplane flying over. All good. It's all good. Uh, can you still hear me good? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, didn't account for all the labor, and I didn't have enough people to get this business started. So. Um, what ended up happening was I was getting too many requests um, that I, and, and I couldn't even handle it. Couldn't handle the business. Um, I couldn't do all the work myself because I was still working in the junk removal industry myself. I was still out there in the field and then I would, I would get home and I would have to go straight into the bounce houses. And um, at that point, it was just killing me and I didn't have enough time to you know hire people and do everything it took. So I ended up um, basically selling the company to one of my friends, which was another mistake. Never uh, get into business with your friends, guys. <laughs> no friends, no family. That's my two rules. Uh, it, it, it always ends up going. I mean, there's probably some cases out there where, you know, it works out. I'm not going to say always, but um, in my case, it's never, never worked out well. 
Um, so in this case, uh, the friend ended up, ended up giving up as well because he didn't calculate all the labor he had to put into it, even though I warned him up front. This is why I'm giving it to you. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough man manpower. Um, he thought he could do it. So uh, to say the least, he only worked for about two months, made a couple thousand bucks off of it, um, stopped paying me my monthly payments, and the bounce house sat there for like 12 months. And then uh, we finally sold them. And I basically broke even on that business. Okay. Um, so those are two businesses I started up that ended up being complete failures. And uh, I wish I never even started them in the first place. <laughs> but you learn from them, right? You know, it's part of yeah, the, it's, yeah. it's part of, I mean, if you really could go back, you probably learned some valuable lessons along the way, right? Right, right. I definitely, I definitely learned like everything I just said, those are lessons that I learned. Um, and, and obviously I won't make those mistakes again. I won't, I won't get started in a business without researching it. I won't get started in a business w without knowing that I, I have these people that I can hire, uh, that can go out and work these jobs because as an entrepreneur, you can't work in everything. You can't be the labor in all of your business. No. Um, and, and I'm sure you know this, Lewis, uh, you have to have people there. And, uh, and these days, you know, I'm sure anybody watching, you know, yourself, it's hard to hire people. It's hard to get anybody to work, and uh, and that's something I'm struggling with right now with the junk removal. Luckily, I have I have two guys that are, are really good, and you know I'm on vacation right now. They're handling everything, um, but that's that's another struggle is um, getting people to to do the work for you. So that's definitely mistakes I learned, and uh, I'll never make again for sure. Yeah, no, that that's cool. We've, we've got uh, another comment here. Connor says, "Hit it on the head right there." Uh, Connor's from watching on facebook and frank p is watching on youtube says hi guys awesome i awesome. appreciate everyone who's tuning in and, and if you guys have questions for austin shout them out um you know we've got him here for for a bit longer um let's let's yeah. pivot here a little bit austin and, and go back yeah, to the jump because i know i know uh we've shared this in a few of the groups um so there's going to be some some people watching there so one of the sure. one of the things that um, that I get questions a lot in, um, you know, as I as I've been sharing our journey with our junk removal company, um, and then you know, as I work with contractors and stuff in the marketing side, is how do you do like like there's websites and there's SEO and there's Google ads and Facebook ads and all of that, but there's a lot of other methods that we've used, especially in junk removal, um, to get business without really spending much money, um, you know, relationships and all of that. Maybe you could right. share, you know, some of your favorite ways to connect with people, build relationships, get referrals coming in. Maybe some weird things yeah. that you guys have tried that have have done well um, that people right. can take okay. away some value from. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. So we've, uh, you know, we spent a lot of money Google Ads and all that good stuff. You know, that's the normal stuff to uh, to get business in. But we also do a lot of um, guerrilla marketing. Get out there and do that free marketing. Yep. Um, a, a lot of that, uh, is face to face going into apartment complexes, going into condominiums, all their, the, the offices of these places. I would even go to hotels. I've got a lot of hotels, um, and big businesses that have warehouses. Uh, they always need stuff cleaned out of warehouses and we would go to these places and I just, I introduce myself face to face, let them know who we are. I, I, um, I interact with them like a friend, like, like just everyday people, you know, you get in there and, and you're not approaching them um, as for strictly business. You're approaching them to say, Hey, this is who I am. And, and this is what I do. It's not, you're not approaching them saying, this is my business and we want to serve you. 
it's yeah. uh it's more of you know this is who i am this is what i do and and uh, and if you ever need anything like this we're, we're here to help type of thing I love that. uh and when whenever we go into these places we would bring um cookies or brownies um with a card attached tape a card to it or put a little piece of string my wife usually did all that the cooking the baking yeah. attaching the card um and, and i would go out there and be the face you know i would always wear something nice you know you want to represent first impression is everything so that's like a really big thing to remember when you're when you're going out um some people have they wear their their, their work shirt or their logo or and it's just a regular plain t-shirt um, I would I would even wear like a shirt like this. I, I wouldn't even wear my logo because it looks too much like, hey, I'm coming to sell you something. Gotcha. So I, I show up in, in something nice um, that they're just like, oh, this is uh, you know, good looking gentleman. Uh, you know, you show up, you introduce yourself, and maybe not even talk about business at first. And uh, and and that's how. And I would just kind of hand them the hand them the treat. And um, we've got a lot of business like that. I've even approached um, like the sheriff's offices. One of my biggest jobs in the very beginning was with the sheriff's department in uh, Volusia County, where I live. Went in there. We dropped off some cookies. It was like a whole plate of cookies. Just dropped it off to them. Um, just introduced ourselves and, uh, and said, if you guys ever need anything, give us a call. And uh, about two weeks later, they gave us a call, and we removed two sheds for them that yeah. were in great, great condition. Um, I ended up like subbing that work out, getting the sheds delivered to my house, and I sold the sheds for more money. And and it was all from a plate of cookies that I, I went in there, introduced myself, and uh, and they ended up hiring us, you know, it, which was just really, really cool. So that's something we do on a regular basis. We go to these anywhere, really. I mean, it, junk removal is used everywhere, restaurants, like I said, apartments, condos, hotels, warehouses. Um, there's literally not one person that you should avoid talking to about your business or telling them what you do. You should tell everybody and um, just get the word out there because even if they can't use you, they might know somebody that could use you a week from now. I'm like, oh, this guy approached me and was like, hey, really cool guy. And, and uh, he runs a junk removal business. Here's his number. And I've had that several times. So that's like one of the number one things that I do that I don't see a lot of other companies doing. Maybe, you know, maybe you're shy or, or whatever. It just takes, um, takes five seconds, five seconds to approach a person and say something. And I, I live by that rule. I actually have this tattoo on my arm asking it will be given, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open. And like people that ask in life are given a lot more than people that just sit back and wait for it to come. So, that's huge. That's awesome. I hope man. that hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's really good because I see, you know, a lot of people want work, but they're not willing to put in the work, um, or or ask, right, or or offer value. I'm I'm big on, you know, the more value we can provide, you know, the more when people need us, they're gonna they're gonna find us, right? Um, right. That, that's I mean, cookies is a great way to do it. But I love that. Yeah, yeah. People who doesn't like cookies. Exactly. <laughs> You're a psychopath if you don't like cookies. So yeah. <laughs> you, probably, you probably don't want to work with those people anyway. <laughs> so true. Exactly. Awesome. So so the I actually I, I, this may lead into our next topic here because I know you're working with um, a software company now, um, kind of as an ambassador. Was that an ask and you shall receive kind of moment? How did that come about? Um, they actually came to me um through. YouTube. 
they awesome. they saw me on YouTube. Uh, the first thing was they they asked me to um, try their software and make a video on it. And they and then um, if I liked the software, that they would uh, they would continue to work with me. And um, and they did. And and I loved it. It was WorkEase. Um, and, and they're yeah. a great company. Yeah. Like they, I don't. Do you use WorkEase, Lewis? We don't. We have a one that we developed ourselves. Um, a, a oh, we do. Um, but uh, right. yeah, but but I've seen really good things said about them, and I was excited to chat about that because it, it applies really yeah. well to the industry. Right. It, it's it's really good. Um, and it was it was a relationship that that came through because I guess they started watching me on YouTube and they they just hit me up one day and like, hey, Austin, would you be interested in you know making a video because they know you know I'm always wanting content. So I uh, made a video one day about five other companies or four other companies plus them, and uh, and they they outperformed and outpriced every single one of those people. That's and awesome. so, you know, that being said, we we started working together. Um, I I use them on a regular basis, and it and it it has brought my business uh, so so much value of uh, tracking customers. Tracking my trucks, seeing where the guys are at, what job they're at, where they're at on the job. Um, you know, you add the pictures to the job. I can see everything like I'm there. You know, I can I can really help my guys out with just looking at the app. I don't even have to call them and say, what's there? What are you doing? What, what, how much did you charge? Everything is right there. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, it just provided so much value. I, I live software that just kind of – uh, helps your business, uh, I guess, step up that next level, step up to that next level. And they helped me do that along with like online bookings. Um, we, we get like 20% of our business through online bookings, which means we don't even have to pick up the phone. We don't talk to the customer. They set their own job up. It gets put in the system. And, uh, and we do end up calling them and following up and just making sure all the information is correct. Uh, but the job's already sold. It's, it's not anything we really have to do to sell the job, yeah. and uh, and then we just go out to the to the to the customer and tell them the price, do the job, and it's just amazing that we uh, to see those numbers twenty percent from just people going on the website and booking, and that came from WorkEase, and I would have never been able to do that. I think my my iPod just died. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay, um, cool. Just died yeah, that, that's that's crazy because you've, uh, I mean, at twenty percent, like you're you're talking about four to ten to twelve thousand dollars a month just off of, off of online bookings. Freaking that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Right. Like, and, and there's there's other softwares out there. Um, Worky is uh, we we actually looked into it. Looks looks amazing. We never we never did it. We we ended up just building something ourselves, like I said. But being able, to, I would recommend everybody. Check out what, what you, you know, I think you've, you've got an affiliate link and, and can kind of help people through that too, right? Right. Yeah, I do have affiliate link. Um, I'm not sure if it's on my YouTube channel because I've, I've recently switched up my content. Um, I'm, I'm going to be an entertainer. I'm going to be one of the biggest nice. YouTubers on the platform, guys. And I won't nice. stop until I get there. It's just uh, another one of my goals. You know, I've always wanted to do that, so... Um, but I, I believe my affiliate link is on my Facebook. If it's not anybody, feel free to, you know, add me on Facebook. I'll send it, I'll send it to you. Um, you could try workies out for 14 days for free. They don't ask for any credit cards or anything like that. Um, 
And if you end up going with them, you know, they give me a, a small percentage of, of whatever uh, package you end up going with. So, yeah, yeah, no, because I mean, it comes down to anything that you use to track your clients, um, whether it be workies or any of the number of the ones that are out there um, or, or you connect with us, like there's the, the ability to track your clients, to send text to them, to, to have a record of, of what's going on, to email them, to ask for reviews. It's going to astound you. Like if you've never done it before, it's going to astound you. The the power. Uh, we we were up till uh, one or two last night getting getting uh, some of that set up for another client, um, and it's like the workflows are going to eliminate like a whole person. You know the need to hire someone, right? And it's yeah. it's it, it's powerful what you can do. And if you're not using it, like people are like, oh, it's so expensive monthly. It's like, well, imagine if you had to like if you could eliminate a person. Like that's. Like not, not to say that we want to get rid of people's jobs, but it's hard to find people, right? And and in the in the, the spirit of growing businesses and all of that, we want to be optimizing and running as lean as possible, right? So right. you know, there's, there's a ton of power that can be can be leveraged there. So that's cool. It, it was neat to see that come about. And I mean, you've been putting in the work on YouTube, right? Putting in the work. They saw you. They said, you know, hey, he's gonna he's gonna touch an audience. So that's that's really cool. Right, right. And they um uh, with my link in the in the last um however long I've been working with them, I think we've had like 25 people uh, sign up and actually stick with them and, and love the program. And, you know, those people have messaged me and told me thanks. And um, it's, you know, it's a freaking pleasure to like spread that love because um, I, I'm all, I, I went on YouTube to help people to spread that knowledge because knowledge is, is a lack, you know, it helps with that fear that, that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So, Helps people just get in there and, and become their own bosses. And I love to see that. Love to see it, man. I love it. Yeah, no, and I, I definitely, um, you know, I think we connected. I think like you said on YouTube, I, I was watching a few as we were kind of, you know, getting into some of the stuff, that, you know, junk removal from afar is one thing. But once you get into the nuts and bolts of pricing and whatnot, um, some of your videos were really helpful. Um, so definitely go check out what Austin's doing there. And I guess subscribe because you're, you're – uh, you're going to bring some fun stuff too. So yeah. Yeah. We're going to be bringing a lot of fun stuff. And uh, if you guys just like entertaining content, I mean, you can go back and see all my junk removal, all my rage room stuff, all my business stuff. Um, but all the new content is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's talk about rage room here before we, uh, before we um, sign off. So you, you know, you talked a bit about how they interact with each other um, and, and feed off each other. But what, you know, how did that kind of come about? Was it just, you know, another idea that you, you put, to, put in place? So Rage Room came about, um, everybody, you, you guys all know Will Smith, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite actors. Um, I saw him on YouTube one day, went to France. He was talking about how he was having so much stress from this gig he was doing and he's like i need to go relieve some stress he, ma he made this video visiting a rage room out there and uh and when i saw him go there i was like wow it's just a bunch of junk he's going in there and smashing stuff with baseball bats and crowbars and and it sparked my memory and was like this is going to be huge it's going to be one of the next big things like uh uh what do you call the escape rooms or axe throwing uh all that's you know was huge and it, and it popped off and started growing everywhere and the same thing is happening with rage room right now so i got into it i was like all right i'm gonna start looking for a place i'm going to make this happen 
And uh, like I said earlier, when I when I when I put my mind to something, I make it happen. Um, and and here we are. We're you know six, maybe seven months in. Uh, we were profitable after month three, which um, says a lot because my junk removal business took like two years to actually get profitable. Um, so the rage room is amazing. The, the junk removal provides the stuff to break. Uh, it even provides all the bats, all the crowbars, all the sledgehammers, everything we use to break. Um, it provided the fans that we have in there. Um, it, it has provided a lot. We even turned the front section into like a game room, like an arcade game room. So we have old school arcade games in there. Cool. And a couple of those came from junk removals as well. And uh, it's just amazing, man. It's amazing the things that you find in junk removal that help you with, with everything, not just my rage room, but like everything. Um, the rage room is, is super fun. It's like, I have like the dream job, you know, like who, who gets to watch people smash stuff all day. How often and, do you, uh, how often do you go in and, and shoot up and slash and stuff? Oh, once a month, man. Got to go in there and release <laughs> that stress once a month. Easy. And I get in there with my guys. I this love is, it. It's my son, Osiris. <laughs> hey, buddy. How's it going? And he likes to rage out, too. He uh, he chose to go and have a, a rage session on his birthday instead of, like, going to the bowling alley or the park or anywhere else. He, it's like, That's I want to. Awesome. So, yeah, it's a good time. We have a. Um, a really good return customer base there as well. So yeah, if anybody wants to start a rage room, you guys can hit me up on the DM as well. Check out my YouTube videos. So really, uh, if you, especially if you're doing junk removal, it works perfectly. Like I don't, I don't know how anybody starts a rage room without owning a junk removal business. They got to buy the stuff. They got to, they got to find the stuff first of all, and then buy the stuff. And I'm, I'm sure you can make it happen by working with your local junk removal companies, but it's just so much easier owning it yourself. Yeah, that's cool. I think uh, my business partner and I have, you know, even before we were looking at junk removal, we were like, that's that's really cool. So it, it's going to happen here uh, in the next year or two for sure. Dude, uh, I'll come visit you. You come visit me. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I had a question. Uh, someone messaged me here. So they were, they were asking about pricing. Okay. Um, so do you give, give the price up front before booking or how do you how do you disclose the pricing, especially with the uh, with the online booking stuff? Uh, so yeah, we, um, the online booking is set up to where it's like free estimate. Um, everything we do, unless it's outside of our, our like free estimate mileage, you know, so we, we go up to 40 miles and give a free estimate. Yeah. And, uh, so if it's outside that we'll, we'll ask him for pictures and give an estimate that way. But we always just set the job up as a free estimate. We show up and that's where we sell the job face to face because, um, it's so much easier to give someone a price in person and sell the job that way than to give them a price over the phone and sell the job that way. You give them a price over the phone. Um, I've learned this has been different for other people I've talked to, but I've learned that you lose more jobs giving the price over the phone. Um, and sometimes we'll give them like, hey, this is about how much a full load cost and our minimum is here. And, uh, and that's about what our prices look like. But I never tell somebody, hey, your house is going to cost this much to clean out and we'll come get it done. Um, a lot of times you'll, you'll, you'll hurt yourself doing that. 
Um, and sometimes you might even overprice it and it could have been a lot cheaper for them and then turn them away. And they never even hired you. Right. So that's how I do it. I, I set up free estimates and we go out there, give them an estimate, sell the job on site because um, it's to me, it's so much easier to sell it face to face. Gotcha. Do you do you do uh, as, when, you, when you said estimates of, of the job, like you give them a, a ballpark maybe just to see if it's in their range based on kind of what they're telling you? Uh, yeah. So when we give an estimate, we, we don't give them a ballpark. Um, I've basically got it down to, um, I do the way we do our estimates is we'll, we'll look at everything. We'll take lots of pictures of everything, put everything in the system. And then we tell the customer, give us five minutes. We're going to get the uh, pictures submitted in and we're going to, we're going to get an estimate worked up with you. And really all we do is we get in the truck, we discuss the, the, uh, job, to like how many loads is this going to take how much labor is it going to take how long is it going to take us to do and then we separate it from this is how much it's going to cost to remove all of the junk the disposal fees fuel and everything all included in that price and then we give them a labor price um right underneath that so it's basically the job price and a labor price and the total of that is how much it's going to cost and at this point it's it's uh it's still we, we still tell them, hey, it, it can vary, but this is going to be right around where you're sitting at. And if it if say we explain to them as we're going, as we're removing stuff, we won't just remove it and, and go over this budget. Um, we're going to let you know if it goes up. Now, if it goes down, we're just going to keep removing. We're going to get it done and we're going to let you know, hey, this is the the end pricing. But uh, we let them know if, if it if it does end up looking like more which i i haven't gone up on a price with anybody in probably two years because we're we're we price high that's that's our trick we price high um because if they're willing to pay that high estimate then uh then we know we're good and then we can go down from there if it ends up being less work than we thought and then so, it makes them excited yeah, happens, right? exactly. It's like a super, it's a, like a surprise for them. So I go down on my price more than anything. I haven't gone up in a really long time because I, I've, I've learned that um, if they're willing to pay that high price, then, then they're, they're the customers. Those are, those are the customers you want. Yeah. You don't want the customers that are going to be like, Oh, can we get it down right away? Like, I'm sorry. I, I I'm getting paid what I'm worth. And that's what we go out there and do. And anybody that's pricing, don't price according to what your competitors are pricing. You price what you're worth, what you need to cover yourself, your company. Don't don't price compared to other companies. I, I don't know how that that sounds or how you guys feel about that, but um, I always I want to get paid what I'm worth, and that's what I run my company. In. I think every business that you're in, you've got to figure out what your costs are, what profit you want to be making, and and then what you need to charged to do that like if you're, if you're okay with making five dollars on every job you have to decide that and be okay with that but at least know your numbers right exactly know your numbers and in charge what your worth is exactly uh my advice i would give there on pricing um don't don't just do you know a low ball because you're trying to beat the other guy um yeah. trying to beat his price because in the end you're just going to hurt yourself and track your numbers guys i've, I've talked to a lot of uh, people in the last couple of weeks um that there, I'm like, well, what are you running monthly? And it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe like six to eight. It's like, well, what, what are you running? Like, how, can, how can we help you if if you're if you don't even know? And then on top of that, they don't know their cost, or they just look at their cost for that month. They don't factor in um, yes. insurance, you know, truck payments, trailer payments, all of that. 
you got to run all those numbers, right? And you've got to know where they are and, and what's going on I there. So. Do your research like I was talking about earlier. I, I didn't do my research on another company that was starting. And uh, the big thing, run your numbers, figure out what you need to charge to make some profit because you're in business to make profit, not to to, to uh, beat the other uh, company out. Exactly. Because you want to be around for five years or more, 10 years or whatever, right? Right. So. Yeah, yeah my, I want my company to be uh, a legacy for my kids. I want my kids to be able to run my company when they get older. So that's what we're that's what we're doing. We're setting everything, set up systems, set up systems for your businesses. So that way, um, everything has a um, a step. Everything has a step. This has a step. That has a step. And and no matter what problem or issue you run into, it has a a solution already put in place. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Well, Austin, this has been this has been incredible. I don't want to take too much more of your vacation time. I guess any any final thoughts you have for people, especially in in junk removal, but just in business. You know, a, a final parting thought, and then we'll wrap up with you know, where everybody can find you. Uh, let's see. The only thing I'm thinking about right now is relaxing. <laughs> so that could be my tip, guys. Don't don't kill yourselves. Um, you know, obviously you want to, you want to work your hardest for your own business, but, um, let me look where I'm at right now. This is something that I was just like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's, uh, relax. Let's, um, calm down a little bit. Let's not think about business for a couple of days and refresh yourself because, um, you will, you will end up like burning out. You'll burn out if you don't do that. So, um, that's my, that's my tip. That's, that's all I can give right now. Cause that's all I'm thinking about. These are the, these are some of the only sand dune lakes in, in, in Florida, or even I think all of the United States, wow. literally this is a freshwater lake right here. And then over across that way, those dunes over there, that's the ocean. And it's that's amazing. That's great. Amazing. Really cool. So thanks awesome, for having man. me. I appreciate well it. So how can how can people find you? Because you know, obviously, you've you've built your business to a point where you can relax. So you've got a lot of educational um, material yep. on YouTube and Facebook. But what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, the best way would be either uh, follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. Those are the uh, two I check the most, and um, and you'll probably get a faster reply if you do Facebook or Instagram. Amazing, my friend. Well, this has been this has been incredible. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Reach out to Austin. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge and willing to share. We're going to end the broadcast here and then just stick around for two seconds and, and we'll wrap up here, Austin. All right. Cool, man. Cool, man. All right. See you guys. Peace out, guys.